insider Josina Anderson. She has been talking with some NFL Ravens players and based off of some insight that she gave, it sure seems like Lamar Jackson is entering 2023 hungry. Not just hungry to play well, yes that too, but hungry to put several teams on notice. Yeah, Sarah, so there was that. And general manager Eric DaCosta fielding questions from local media on Friday. EDC gave his early observations on Odell Beckham Jr., addressed the Trey Lance rumors from a, a week or so back, and even talked about interest he's received from other teams calling to inquire about, wait for it, his wide receiver room. <laughs> That's bananas. Can't wait to get to that. I am Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossing. It is Tuesday, September 5th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. So, Sarah, the Athletics' Jeff Zarebeck recently caught up with Ravens linebacker Patrick Queen, who peeled back the curtain and shared his perspective on what went into such a tumultuous offseason. And plus, John Harbaugh still is not pushing the panic button, despite tight end Mark Andrews missing his sixth straight practice. Uh, so Harbs gave us an update there, along with some other injured players. And we have all that more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. Well... We've made it here, and how fitting, as you can probably tell by my Squidward voice, it's week one of the 2023 regular season, and I have COVID. Much like a year ago, if you can remember, our first ever like game day show, I was down and out. And while that was actually game day itself, and I have five days or so to recover, there's something about week one, Sarah, that just... Now, granted, you know my personal life better than anybody that watches this show, and so my travels and some of the lack of sleep probably caught up to me. But there's just something about week one of me that doesn't jive. Oh, man, there's a lot. There's just a lot coming down at once. You got a lot going on right now, Bobby. So we wish you well. Keep drinking your Gatorade, all of that. Something tells me by Sunday we'll have, we'll have a Bobby miracle here. So <laughs> let's jump go. right into things, Bobby. You know we love our girl. Josina Anderson, she's been a friend of the show. She's been on the show. She's very plugged in uh, with the Ravens, especially with Odell Beckham Jr. We also know that she has recently uh, began, um, she's on Skip Bayless's show now, right? The Undisputed Show. She comes on as a guest. And so this is going to be fun to watch uh, all of her, her weekly, I don't know if it's weekly or maybe more often, uh, appearances there. But, of course, he's asking Josina about OBJ. She's, she's, this is how tight she is with OBJ, Bobby. She doesn't just call OBJ, okay? Odell Beckham Jr. calls her, okay? And <laughs> she made that clear. And, uh, obviously, everybody wanted to know, Skip Bayless wanted to know, how is OBJ feeling? And then as she's talking about that, that's important stuff, she slips in something very interesting about Lamar Jackson. Well, I was just on the phone with him a couple of days ago and he called me and he also talked to me while I was down there in Baltimore. Yeah. And one of the first things he said to me, Skip, was I can see myself being here. Mm -hmm. And the other thing he was telling me, he was just excited because he was like, Joe, 
I feel like I'm ready to explode, you know, mm. just after all the work that he's done coming back from the second ACL. He knows where his body needs to be. And even I was a little bit weary with him when I saw the video coming out of the workout that he did for teams yeah. uh, in Arizona as far as his second level speed. But now he feels like it's coming together and he's getting that confidence going up against even the other talent that they had, obviously, against the commanders when they had that joint practice. Mm -hmm. So I feel like he's not only ready, Skip, but he's hungry. The same way I feel that way about Lamar after all these teams had a whole bunch to say when he got that non-exclusive tag placed on him and say, yep. we're not interested, not interested, ATL, you know, mm. whatever, some of those teams. But yeah, OB, OBJ, OBJ has uh, the vibe going. I love her energy so much. You know, Josina's got this way about her that she's so plugged in, but that gets you fired up, the second part of that, right? We, we Nothing was really surprising about what she said, specifically related to Odell. We've heard a lot of those types of reports that he feels like he is ready to just unleash himself. But with Lamar, yeah, Atlanta, Indianapolis, other quarterback needy teams earlier this offseason when the non-exclusive tag was placed on him, they came out publicly, Sarah, and passed on him. Some cited his durability. Some cited concerns related to maybe even the fact that he's representing himself. Just there were, there were so many hurdles that these teams sort of cited. And we know that Lamar Jackson is the ultimate competitor. And you get the sense that, yes, while absolutely he is committed to Baltimore over the next five years, right? He's happy to be here. He feels like he can win here. He, at the time of, of his signing, was the highest paid in terms of average annual value in football history. All that is can be said while at the same time wanting to go on some sort of revenge tour this upcoming year. And that, that's what gets you fired up when you're in Ravens flock, I would think. Oh, that's that's a good way to say it. The revenge tour, Bobby. It, there were it was so crazy the way it went down, and I understand how it went down. But when you're on the outside looking in, it almost seemed coordinated. But I remember the day that the Ravens it was became official that they used the non-exclusive tag, and then it was like team after team after team reporter saying, you know, whether it was Atlanta or Indianapolis or other teams, it felt like they were like a dozen reports that just came out all like one after another saying this team's not interested. This team's sticking with who they have. This team's not interested, this and that. And um, what I know pro what probably happened is you probably had team reporters all around the league, the Jamison Hensley and Jeff Zrebex of the world reaching out to, you know, PR people or coaches and saying, Hey, there's Lamar. He's the biggest name out there. Quarterbacks like this don't come around too often. Do you want him? And so, but the way it came across it, people was, was like accusing the NFL of collusion. And so if you're Lamar Jackson and you're seeing these tweets one after another saying, I'm not interested. And then, you know, he, he even is willing to, to say, Hey, I'll, 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 I'm willing to be traded. I'm willing to work on that because people were so afraid that the Ravens would just match him with the, with the non-exclusive tag. And so, yeah. Yeah, that's going to make you that's that's the equivalent of somebody saying, "Hey, you weren't drafted until number 32 or you weren't drafted until the 4th round or the 5th round or whatever." And do you have a chip on your shoulder to kind of prove to people? Um so so there's that. Now, she went on <clears throat> longer that's not in that clip and Skip was like, "Well, is he is he happy with his team?" And she said, "Skip, I feel like it's authentic." 
that he is happy with the Ravens. He is happy with his contract. And and why wouldn't he be? The, the Ravens 100% showed the most love for him. And even when other teams were biting, they didn't try to like take advantage of that and lower his, like lower anything, not that they should have. Like they made it clear from the beginning, even when he asked for a, for a trade, we love Lamar. So anyway, I was just going to read that real quick. Sorry. Um, Oops. Sorry. No, no, no. So at, when she explained all that, that's when Josina said, um, I was just told yesterday. Now, here's what's funny is she said that she was just on the phone with OBJ that he called her. So is it a chance that OBJ is telling her this? Possibly. Uh, but I was just told yesterday, Joe, we already see Lamar Jackson's energy dialing up another notch because he senses that we're that much closer to the regular season. He is ready to make that statement to people. Let's go. And we all know, I've got the numbers right here. Kyle Barber put it up. Lamar always seems to come out hot week one. Always seems to come out hot. So Kyle's got his passing for Lamar week one. This is over, <clears throat> over the span of his career. He's uh, 69.5%, 1,047 yards, 12 touchdowns, one interception, eight sacks, rushing, 28 attempts, 154 yards, uh, uh, two fumbles lost. So, yeah, he's averaging three touchdowns. I mean, I just remember some of his week ones. He's, he's just bombing it, bombing it. So I hope he does come out hot. I hope he comes out, given that statement. Can't believe none of you guys even nibbled. Well, here's, here's my revenge tour. Teams were looking into any kind of angle that they could take for why they shouldn't pursue Lamar. And, and these were quarterback-needy teams about a former unanimous MVP. So not only are we talking about and what's, what's well-known and well-documented about how much Lamar hates losing, how much pride he has for his game, how much pride he has in winning football games, and what he's accomplished so far through five years in a number of categories outside of what he's done in postseason play is historic by many metrics. I think he kept receipts. I think he's happy to be in Baltimore. I think he's fired up to chase Lombardi's for the next five years. He's fat and happy in terms of his pockets. But Sarah, he kept receipts. And that's one of my favorite phrases, as you know. And I don't know what that is going to play out like this year. But typically, that's a great formula for success if you channel that frustration, channel that chip on your shoulder in the right way, and you use that energy to go out and win you games. So, oh yeah, really you're, good you're, stuff there. You're the one guy I know that loves to keep receipts. I know you keep them for sure. <laughs> I got a whole file, and the beauty of it, it can be Motivating. harder for me to find them. All, all Lamar has to do is go search his name, and they can come up real quickly and easily. So, again, just use that energy, channel it the right way, and I think good things can happen for Lamar in that department. But as always, Josina just crushes it. Eric DaCosta shifting gears caught up with some local media on Friday for the first time in a bit and talked about a number of different things related to his team, including his early observations on the aforementioned Odell Beckham Jr. Been great. He's, uh, I would say, um, he's probably exceeded my expectations to this point. His body, he's in very good shape. Uh, takes care of his body. Uh, I think he worked extremely hard this offseason. His attitude is awesome. He's a leader. Um, He's a first-in-line guy. He's a do-the-right-thing guy. Um, 
he's just been great. I just, I, I just really don't know how to explain it, you know. Uh, so I have two boys at Gilman, and just before camp started, there was a uh, football camp that Odell had at Gilman, and to see the entire community, it seemed like there were thousands of boys and girls there, and uh, to see that, to see that impact in a very short span of time, to see the impact that he's having on this community, it's a powerful thing, and we're excited about that. You know, Sarah, something he also mentioned as well related to Lamar was that he, he senses like an uptick in enthusiasm, which compared to last year, which we all know was, was a tumultuous year for a lot of reasons, being that all the contract drama was going on. So there's a lot to like about a lot of positivity we've been covering here in the last week or so, because let's face it, there's a lot of uh, specifically when you look back to where we were last year at this time in the injury department, Lamar's uncertainty. There's a lot that's changed in the in the positive in the, in the optimistic department. So yeah, we're we're talking about it. We were having a countdown of when the when in season discussions about contract was going to be cut off. He said week one, you know, we're oh. done. I'm not talking about it anymore. The other thing he complimented um, OBJ taking care of his body, and to your point, he also said that Lamar's, you know, getting excited, which which goes right along with what Josina is reporting. But he also mentioned that Lamar's taking care of his body too. And I remember Lamar being on the lounge talking about how he's been on like a more special diet and all that kind of stuff. So when you said that he's fat and you were talking about financially, I was like, let's just make it clear. <laughs> let's just make it clear. He's in great shape as the, um, is the, uh, the GM himself attested to. So here's what's go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things I should have just mentioned a couple minutes ago, those angles that I was referencing to that teams were taking or reporters were taking about why teams shouldn't pursue Lamar, one of those angles was his nutrition or lack thereof, right? His mm -hmm. his his routine habits, his his fitness, all those different things were being put, you know, taken into question. And so, yeah, thank you for 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 clarifying. Clearly, I meant his pockets. Not no, you 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 said that you you had already clarified it. I was just like yeah. going above and yeah. beyond. You made it clear it was financially, yeah. So but here's what's here's what's crazy. And Bobby, I, I'm still getting used to this. Season needs to make like prove that this is true. I'm not used to, and nobody in Baltimore is having depth at wide receiver. Eric Costa isn't even used to this. Listen to this. From the same press uh, conference. It's encouraging to have so much depth. This was the first year, I will say this, this is the first year that other teams called us looking for receivers. And uh, I actually thought it was a joke at first. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, so that, you know, so that's kind of cool. Eric. It's like, wait, are, are you trolling me? Do you really want to trade for one of my wide receivers? I mean, and I mean, OBJ, Zay Flowers, John Bateman. Nelson Aguilar, Devin DuVernay, Kylan Wallace. Woo, I almost, almost didn't get it. Here's who I think, by the way, Bobby, here's who I think people were calling about, either du DuVernay or, or Bateman. They're not going to call for OBJ. They're not gonna, they know they're not going to get this rookie, right, right out of the first draft. So, like, maybe we could get DuVernay. He's a Pro Bowl returner. He's probably, you know, fifth on their list now. Maybe Bateman, because he's been injured. They're like, we can still get two years left, all that. No to trading Bateman. He and Zay are the future. Hope he has a healthy season and proves that. DuVernay, we've talked about this. Maybe, 
but it depends on the trade compensation because one or two injuries, he's going to be right back in the thick of things. Plus he's a pro bowl returner. So I'm, I would be open to that, but not like, not for pennies. Like it's got to be helpful. So uh, that's who my guess is, is who teams were asking to trade for. Also, another thing that he discussed was the Trey Lance rumors, who of course ended up being dealt by the San Francisco 40, 49ers within the last couple of weeks. He went to Dallas. He's going to back up Dak Prescott this year. And, you know, there were some reports out there, I think from Diana Rossini, who shifted recently from ESPN to The Athletic, about Baltimore's interest in inquiring about Trey Lance. And, and kind of it fit with the narrative of this offseason because there were reports that the Ravens checked in on Baker Mayfield before he ended up going to Tampa and Jacoby Brissett as well. So before, before he ended up going to Washington. So Eric addressed that, and let's just say he took direct aim at this latest report. Eric, 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 Eric there was a report that uh, the Ravens showed interest in Trey Lance. Can you comment on that? Yeah, I would say that's just bad reporting. Um, if somebody calls you and asks about if you're interested in a player and you say no, does that mean you're interested in that player? You know, um, it's just one of those things. I think there's a Latin term, cui bono, who does it benefit? Right. And, you know, when you see a report like that, um, we've got good quarterbacks. We love our quarterbacks. We weren't looking at any quarterbacks at all this training camp. So, Sarah, is he showing loyalty to his guys, or are you buying that? <laughs> both. Both. Um, I, 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 for sure, when the report came out, we both were like, oh, that's not surprising, because as you said, they were interested in those other quarterbacks. So I didn't think anything of that. That being said, um, and yes, he, wants, he made it clear, like, we haven't checked on anybody during training camp, because he knows, he knows that they've looked before training camp. So he has to be clear about that. But, like, he can't get away with, like, thing to say, hey, I've got my guys back like we believe in our guys. But it's another thing to tell a story, like, tell a story and say, I was called and I was asked if you were interested and I said no. You can't make that up and not have whoever was on the other end of the line be like, just take that. So I don't think he's making that up. I think that's a, I think that's a true story. And to his point, I mean, he didn't go all the way to there to say it, but he's like, who is this story benefiting? Obviously, it benefits Trey Lance because he, his agent probably was trying to drum up more interest and get um, – it would have also benefited, by the way, the, the, the 49ers because they would have wanted more trade compensation. So it would have benefited them. So those are the two parties that it probably would have benefited. Um, but that's pretty messed up. That's pretty messed up that if you call and somebody says no – then either an agent is reaching when they give that story to a reporter or a reporter is reaching if they got the true story. Either way, somebody's reaching because I don't think I don't think that DeCosta could get away if he were just making that story up. And as plugged in as as Diana and polished as Diana Rossini is, if if that's something that she sort of reached on and, and took that, I, I don't know if that would be exactly uh, a surprise. To me, I think she's been known to do that a little bit here and there. But again, that's that's Eric's direct response. I've seen her not so much stretch, but just get like, do you remember? She was the one who asked Lamar week one about the contract situation. And then she came with the wrong figures and asked Lamar about the wrong figure for guaranteed money. And then Lamar was like, uh, yeah, no. So. I don't know if it's her stretching or just making a mistake or misunderstanding, or if it's even her. Maybe it was an agent that was stretching and she got the communication right. I mean, who knows? Sure. 
On to the next topic here, Eric DaCosta on J.K. Dobbins, who we know has had, speaking of tumultuous off-seasons, we're going to get to PQ in just a second here like we teased at the top. But J.K. is entering the final year of his rookie deal, much like Patrick is. And Eric was asked where things are at right now entering this 2023 season. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, you know, try to keep that stuff in-house. Um, we're excited to see what he's going to do this year. You know, he's a talented player. Uh, I know he wants to be here. We want him here. I have a lot of respect for him as a person, also as a competitor, the way he takes care of his business, the way he rehabbed his injury, the way he plays on Sundays. And uh, I think we've shown that over the last five years, we've really tried hard to bring back as many of our own players as possible. And that will continue to be what we do. So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays, and mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I like the ending of that one. Like it to me, it makes it sound like he's going to try to keep them when he's when he points out the history of keeping players. So uh, the the last thing that well uh, we won't play it because we're running out of time. He talked quite a bit about corners. His strategy basically there has been to cast a wide net, um, which I'm actually honestly I think that this this early injury has could end up being a blessing in disguise. Because we've seen the Ravens have a run on injuries on cornerbacks in the middle of the season. There's just nobody. Whereas I feel like, not that they got like a huge, huge name or whatever, but I think that they actually have pretty decent, decent depth. And when you cast a wide net, you're like 
somebody's got to step up, right? Somebody, somebody will be there. So hopefully that there's, hopefully somebody will. Um, then the last thing here, I know a lot of people are concerned about um, David Ojabo. I don't know if concern is the right word, but I would put myself in that group. Not concerned, but like, I know now, I feel like I need to have patience. I'm not expecting um, to have David Ajabo jump out in week one and go wild. And I hope that he proves me wrong. Again, I'm not saying he's not, I'm not saying he's a bust, none of that. I just think that I'm just prepared to have a lot of patience with him. But I wanted to point this out when DaCosta was talking about him, because I'm trying to have patience based off of what I saw in the preseason. All the reports I keep hearing from training camp is that he's been playing well. So is it that he's holding back in the preseason, which we, re we read a tweet from, from Spencer Schultz. Uh, I don't know when we read that a week or two ago, him saying it didn't look like he was playing, you know, 100, like at full speed, he was more trying to get reps rather than dominate. So here's what DaCosta said, which seems to, to be what these other, what, what maybe Spencer's leading up to. He says, quote, I think that David Ajabo shown us what he can do in practice this year so far in training camp. We've seen it. Eventually, when he gets in NFL regular season games, I think he and Odafe Owe both are going to have very, very good seasons for us, close quote. So that's, I guess, the hope right now. They weren't trying to show it in the preseason. They did show it in camp. We weren't there, so we couldn't see it. So that's the hope. But personally, I'm ready to have a lot of patience. Stick a bookmark in that because I think the Ajabo storyline is going to be one that, along with his running mate, Adafi Owe, will be highly monitored, highly dissected in the early going here because of the importance that the pass rush excuse me, has on this defense because – especially with, with how depleted they are at cornerback. They have got to set the tone up front for them and on the edge because if not, it could be a long, early going here before Marlon Humphrey gets into the picture. But like we mentioned at, at the top, one of the best out there here locally is Jeff Saribek, friend of the show, writer for The Athletic. Uh, very, very plugged in. Recently caught up with Patrick Queen. PQ is entering the final year of his rookie deal. And right off the top of Jeff's latest piece, and go check it out if you haven't already done so, it is titled as follows. Ravens linebacker Patrick Queen is ready to be unleashed after offseason of angst. That is available on The Athletic right now. And I tell you what, I'm not, I'm not a subscriber to a ton of different outlets, but The Athletic is one of them because he is worth it. I know you and I both support what he does, and we use a ton of his content on here. So go check that out and consider doing so yourself entering this season, but right off the top, and I'm going to read it verbatim, Jeff writes, quote, it wasn't the Baltimore Ravens declining to pick up the fifth-year option on his rookie contract, making him eligible for free agency next year, that initially set Patrick Queen off. The Ravens using a third-round pick on his potential replacement, Clemson's Trenton Simpson, didn't push Queen closer to the breaking point either. The damage had already been done earlier in the offseason when talks with Queen about a potential contract extension broke off amid a difference of opinion on how much it should cost. Now, from that direct conversation, he uses a couple quotes here with PQ from PQ, PQ. Quote, there were talks and then some stuff fell through, Queen said recently. Obviously, you get upset. I'm probably going to be gone. 
That's at least what I was thinking in my head. I'm thinking that I'm gone. Everybody reacts out of emotion to certain things, end quote. Jeff goes on to write that Queen conceded to some of his teammates that his days as a Raven were likely over. He was already preparing for that reality. It, it felt inevitable, so why hide from it? He then began to distance himself from the team by doing what some of today's professional athletes do when they're disenchanted with their employer. We had some fun with this a few months back. PQ scrubbed his social media accounts of any evidence that he even plays for the Ravens. Here's another direct quote from PQ. Quote, you scrub it. Just one for the comments. And then you scrub it because you're probably going to be gone. End quote. Again, that's just a small snippet from Jeff's most recent piece on The Athletic after catching up with PQ recently. What about that stood out to you? Well, I have a question because I have not read this yet. When I, when I read, well, first of all, I'll say this. Definitely sticks out that he wasn't upset about the draft and he wasn't upset about the fifth year option. Although it seemed like it helped, that's for sure. Especially when he tweeted and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's, it's news, right, that the frustration began long before that. Here's my question, though. When he says, I'm thinking I'm gone, or that's at least what I was thinking in my head. So when, read, based off of you reading the story, is that a former thought that he's like, oh, I'm gone? Or is there a new thought that I could stay? Like, could you, by the rest of reading the article, do you know? That's a great follow-up question and one that I don't have a ton of clarity on after reading it. I, I would sense mm -hmm. that that was a previous thought in the offseason. Mm -hmm. But he also understands the the financial implications that came with essentially doing a record-setting deal with Roquan, what that would mean for him. You know, so yeah. I, I, to, to, to me, his language and his messaging is that that was a previous thought and that he's all right. in, he's locked in. All the coaches, all the staff members, all the team, all of his teammates this offseason have said that they've expressed that sentiment, that he is all in, more locked in than ever before. But the reality tells me that how can that still not be a question in his mind that during the year? Yeah, that's why I, that's, that's good to know that that is based off of those quotes. It seemed like it was a previous thought, but more than anything, the way he's just had this complete 180 in his pressers and all that kind of stuff. He just seems, I even remember him saying, oh, well, after having some talks, I, I realized I am wanted here, you know, all that kind of stuff. So Something tells me he has hope that something could still get done, even though, like you said, there's probably some reality there, some reality checking of like, how do you, you, there's, there's no, in this business, there's no guarantee for anything. And so until both, both sides have signed the dotted line, he probably does know there's a chance he leaves, but he might be at peace of that now. But, but it does sound like he, he's now has hope that he could return. Here's the other thing, actually, Bobby, that's news to me. And now that I'm speaking, it's I'm realizing why I didn't say this first. I didn't know that the Ravens and him were in contract talks. And if this happened this offseason, that's after Smith got his deal. So that tells me the Ravens would like to keep both of these linebackers together. And... Whereas before I thought, oh, he inevitably is gone. And maybe he still will be gone. But I didn't realize the Ravens were that serious to the point that they were trying to get a new deal done. 
So that's actually news to me that because when you saw that Simpson was drafted, you saw that the fifth year option wasn't taken. So then those seemed like signs that the Ravens were going to be moving on after last year. But this all says, hold on, not so fast. That's the biggest piece of news right here that came from this mm -hmm. that wasn't previously known. You could have speculated it, but now it's fact after just reporting. So just wanted to make sure we make mention of that before we get to, well, John Harbaugh's first Monday press conference, which is a weekly occurrence now that we're in the middle of regular season play. And I'll let you take this because you were all over the injury updates as per usual on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, so uh, obviously right off the bat, he was asked about Mark Andrews. Uh, he's missed six. I thought it was seven, but I guess it's six straight practices. Either way, it's it's a lot of practices. And so you're like, uh, where's your starting tight end? Um, and last week, John Harbaugh said, no, you don't need to hit the, the panic button. So then when all the reporters came on Monday and he still wasn't there, they were like, should we press it now? Because we're officially in week one of the regular season. John Harbaugh replied, uh, no, still no need to do it. And then he actually gave a day. He said he will be back at practice on Wednesday. So <clears throat> that makes sense. Mondays, at least during the regular season, are usually not super heavy practices. Wednesdays, usually the big install day. That's when you kind of want to be out there. So if Mark is indeed there on Wednesday, uh, that will be a load off. And also, by the way, if Mark isn't out there, or even if he's not a full participant and is limited, if he, if he makes it on the injury report at all, then the Ravens will be um, required to disclose whatever injury it is that's kept him out the last several practices. They don't have to now because it's been technically training camp preseason. But in the regular season, if you miss a regular season practice, then you have to identify what the injury is. So right now we don't know. We could know on, on Wednesday. All right. He also was asked about Marlon Humphrey and how he's doing after his foot surgery. John Harbaugh said that he is progressing exactly on schedule. Now, we still don't have a very clear schedule of what it is, but the NFL Network, when the news first came out that he was going to have surgery, the NFL Network said that he would miss, quote, a couple, could miss, quote, a couple games. So, um, so exactly how many that'll be, we don't know, but it's good to know that he hasn't suffered any setbacks. And then finally, Tyler Huntley, we all know in that first preseason game, we saw that he injured his hamstring. He has not practiced, uh, since until Monday, Monday, he was back at practice in the past. He has been on adjacent fields with, with, tra with trainers, but he was actually on the field with the team. So a reporter asked John Harbaugh, does that mean? that Huntley is officially, you know, full go. And Harbaugh said, well, let's wait to see what happens on Wednesday. Because again, on injury reports, you have to say whether they're full participants or whether they are limited participants. And so he said, let's wait to see what he can do. And then you'll get the injury report. And then you'll know if he's officially full go or if he's limited. Now, this is important, Bobby, because obviously the Ravens um, are going to have to make a decision um on sunday because of the new rules they're they're for sure need their three quarterbacks especially with not knowing how huntley is uh with his hamstring so you can have three and one of them won't count against the the 47 47 or 46 that you're allowed to have on game day um but what they have to do is they have to designate to the league who is the backup quarterback and who is the number three quarterback because the rules are is that you can't put the third quarterback in 
unless the first two quarterbacks have officially been ruled out. So if they're not comfortable with where Huntley is with his hamstring yet, there's a chance that they designate him to be the number three quarterback and Josh Johnson the number two. So those are the injury updates. If you have any, you know, comments, let us know or let's move on to quick hits. We'll do exactly that because it's kind of a perfect segue just in terms of what's going on with the roster and the practice squad specifically. Uh, Anthony Brown has been released from Baltimore's practice squad in a corresponding move, a cornerback that they picked up in recent weeks that spent a good chunk of training camp and logged a lot of snaps during preseason, uh, was signed back to the practice squad, and that is Tay Hayes. So that was the corresponding move there. Obviously, with Josh Johnson now being added to the 53-man, that's a re- that's the reasoning for Anthony being released. Should there be any kind of injuries, knock on wood, I'm sure A.B. will make his way. I can't say A.B. A lot of people are going to think that's a different A.B., but <laughs> Anthony Brown will be back, I'm sure, um, should they need him. So that's the latest there in terms of what the roster is looking like and then what the roster is actually looking like in terms of team picture day. Was this? Take a look at the guys. What? How many bleachers full is that, Sarah? Five, six rows, something like that. Looks like seven, well, seven with the coaches. Five of players. Yeah, for audio only Luke people. Who's front um, right and center, Sarah? OJ Bergantz, right there, front right. Wait, That's where? awesome. Yeah, OJ's front right, right there. Oh, there we go. Talk about miracles, man. Talk about yep. miracles. But for the audio only people, uh, the Ravens Productions. Um, took a video while the team photographer was taking a picture of everybody up on the, you've seen team pictures before they're up all on, on the bleachers. So they just take a video of us just scanning the whole thing. That's the video is like three seconds. Uh, but, but yeah, I love how they have all the single digit guys together. Holy moly. Talk about worthy purchases. Like you got Roquan Smith in there. You've got Zay flowers. You got OBJ. You've got Lamar Jackson. You've got uh, Justin Tucker. Just all those single-digit guys are just a ton of studs. They also did a, I think, a college grads photo, too, which yeah. was pretty funny. And Tylen Wallace ended up getting pictured next to Daniel Falele, who's like yeah. 6'6". And so Tylen quote tweeted the Ravens account and was like, I should not have stood next to this dude, <laughs> yeah. this mammoth of a dude, because I think Tylen's probably more like, I don't know, 5'10", 5'11". So I could certainly relate to that department, standing next to you know all my do- all my buddies that I grew up with. All- we all played basketball, and I was not in that category of you – know, I was like point guard types of types of height, Sarah, like 5'8". Have eight we out put out thing. our pictures yet? Have we put out our pictures yet from when I visited Baltimore? I don't think we have. But we try to play up to play up the height difference. Like we were trying to get my, you know, arm up on your shoulder, all that. We gotta, we gotta put this in the show one day. Oh, we have to. We have to. I knew yeah. that going in that uh, that you had me in the height department, which is, which is cool. It was, you know, maybe there's a reason why I'm rushed to throw those photos up, right? <laughs> I'm happy to share them though. And then you know, Ray Lewis, big news for Ray, according to Sunday Night Football on NBC. There were 175 players to choose from, and the fans voted Ray as the most dominant player, uh, excluding quarterbacks, which is an important designation here of the 21st century. So big honor there for one of the greatest to ever do it at his position, if not the greatest. Heck yeah, he is. 
I wish I grabbed this. Um, somebody just put up a, a speech of his, the one that I haven't heard of. It must be somewhat recent, but he was talking about how eagles fly uh, at a certain altitude that most, you know, birds don't fly at. So if you see another bird up there, it's it's just another eagle. So two eagles. And uh, so he said, you know, if eagles fly low and they like happen to mingle with pigeons and pigeons start talking hate towards you, he's like, well, you're an eagle. What are you doing down here with pigeons anyway? <laughs> he's like, fly above all that. Fly above the hate. Fly above all the haters. Like, don't, don't like waste your time with pigeons. Go up there and fly with eagles and be who you are. It's just like, he just... He's just never, yeah, yeah. He's just always thinking motivationally. And it's one of the reasons, along with his talent, that he was one of the most dominant, if not the most dominant in the 21st century, is voted by fans. Eagle flies at a certain altitude. And the only other bird flies at that altitude is another eagle. So if he find himself flocking with pigeons, he may be flying too low. <laughs> See, sometimes we asking ourselves, why my friends treating me like this? You hanging out with pigeons. Why they talking about me like this? Man, you hanging out with pigeons. Eagles ain't got time to gossip. Kings don't gossip. Fools party, kings celebrate. Did you literally grab that while I was You are quick. You are quick. Oh, yeah. I was telling the story and you're able to grab it. That is one of the main reasons, by the way, Bobby, I like to interact a lot on Twitter. I like to interact with people, but I will not, I will not interact with like trolls. I won't do it. It's just a waste of time. It's a waste, a waste of time, not worth, worth energy and all that kind of stuff. And Ray perfectly explains why you don't do that. That was a dope message right there. I had to play it because as, as great as it was listening to you and you, you explained it pretty well. Uh, from the man's mouth himself, that was that was something else. I do want to finish with, we didn't put this in the script, but I do want to finish with another Ravens great, another pro football Hall of Famer, whose post-NFL career has really been on the rise in television. That's one Shannon Sharp, who made his debut on First Take on Tuesday morning alongside oh. Stephen A. Smith. Now, there were plenty of clips that went viral, including a couple blunders from Shannon. He accidentally referred to Steven, his new partner, as Skip more than once. And when I say Skip, I'm talking about Skip Bayless, somebody who had, he'd worked with what, for, what, seven years, I think, on Fox. Yeah. Yeah. So you can imagine that Steven, Stephen A., who had once worked alongside Skip, probably wasn't thrilled with that. But that made for incredible comedy, as did their own. Eagle flies of a certain altitude. And that's Ray Whoops. one more, but here's their actual open. Stephen A, what is your sole purpose at first take? To do whatever you tell me to, drill sergeant. That's a brilliant idea. You must be a damn genius. You must have an IQ of 160. Now get the first take. Hold on. I run this show. I don't care what drill sergeant is. You heard me? First take's in the house. This is a new day, baby. <laughs> that is going to be pure entertainment. Pure entertainment. Man, the day that they have legitimate disagreements, like what you would see sometimes with with Shannon and Skip, it's going to be fireworks. It's going to be fireworks. And I'll get my popcorn ready. 
You should do exactly that. As always, we want to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons who are supporting everything we do here inside the vault this month through Patreon. So Joe Bonzel, Jason Barrett, appreciate both of you guys for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if any of you out there are interested in doing the same now that football season is here, it is week one. We've got full-fledged content. We're back into it. Several announcements coming up this week. You can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. So with that, again, we're back into the swing of things here. Be on the lookout for an episode this week, a bonus episode that will preview the Texans-Ravens game. Mark your calendars accordingly as well. It's a 1 o'clock game on Sunday. I will be out at m Bank Stadium with B-More around town at their pregame tail doing a pregame show. And then Sarah and I will be live streaming within the hour once this one wraps up on Sunday. Should be somewhere between, what, 4.30 and 5-ish, maybe 4.30 to 5.30, somewhere within that window. We like to listen to the press conferences, get all of our content ready to roll for you, and then hop on the live stream, which will be available across all platforms. So with that, for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Tuesday morning vault edition. We will be back with you on Wednesday. And as always... Thanks for joining us inside the vault.